Amen. Amen. Welcome. Welcome, church, to our friends and family day. Welcome those who are in the house of the Lord today. I'd like to welcome all of our first-time guests. Thank you. Thank you for spending your day with us here at Capital City Church. Those that are live streaming, thank you for being, for being here today. I wish, I don't think we should have many on live streaming today. I pray that they're all in the house today. But I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your day with us. Thank you. But those that are here, screaming, live screaming, that are here in the house, today is a special day. Mm. Welcome to Capital City Church, where we love God where we love people, and we share hope. And we share hope, that hope that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am honored to be here before you to share the word of God. That being said, I pray that it was love that brought you into this house today. That maybe it was the love of a family member that invited you, or the love of a friend or neighbor that invited you today. But I pray that it was the love, your love for the Lord that brings you into his house. That if you was not worshiping here today with us, that you would be in someone's church worshiping the Lord because you love him. Because you love him. Amen? Love God. Love people. And share hope. This is the capital city way. If you desire to know anything about this church or our people, this is it. This is it. We love God. We put God above all things. All things. We acknowledge the deity of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in God our Father. Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe our God is three in one. Three in one. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to do, to love each other as God commands us to. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to live as God commands us to live, church. Amen? And as he commands us to love each other, he commands us to share hope with each other. And that hope, that number one hope, because hope comes in all different forms, but that number one hope is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. But the living example of this is you. It's you our people, our congregation. This whole visitation is because of you. You are the living example to others of loving God, of loving people, and sharing hope. You. So I say thank you. Thank you for allowing your life to be an example and to honor God with your life. Thank you so much, congregation. Loving God. Loving God 
begins with loving Jesus. You can't love God without loving Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through him. So we can love God, but we must love his son first. And I know everyone in here would profess the love of God if asked, right? Oh, yeah. I love God. I love God. What kind of question is that, Pastor? Silly question. I love God. But do you really love God? Do you really love God? Or you just think you love Say, Pastor, I pray I love God. Say, Pastor, I come into this house of worship and I sing a song of praise. I love God. Say, Pastor, I put money in a plate. I love God. I haven't broken any of the Ten Commandments. I love God. But church, when we truly love God, it takes more than religious acts. It takes more than religious acts to love God. Now, the, those things are part of the service, the order of things, but a lot of people use them to earn favor with God. And that's not loving God. God is not going to accept that because he knows our heart. See, what I believe is sometimes we love God the way we Want to love God, church. Our way of loving God is sometimes only when we need him. Only when we need him. When we need him to provide, we love him. When we need him in our sickness, we love him. When we need him in our troubles, we definitely love him, right? After we've went our own way, turned away from God, went our own way and messed things up so bad that the world can't help us, our people, our family can't help us. And then we finally realize God is the only one that can help us. Then we reach up there, we reach up there on that shelf and bring him down like he Buddha or somebody, and we begin to pray to him. Then we pray for forgiveness because we need it. Because we are in need. But all the while, we're living our best life as enemies of God. Not even concerned about God. Not even concerned about the things of God. Not even concerned about the people of God. Not even concerned about loving God as he commands us to. Not concerned. See, that's why we can't love God in our own way, church. We can't. And God knows that. God knows that we're not capable within ourselves to love him the way that he desires. So he has blessed us. He has blessed us through his son with the power of the Holy Spirit. That power that enables us to do all things spiritual. And God wants us to worship him and love him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So we must move our natural selves out of the way. 
move our natural selves out of the way and live as people of the Spirit and love, and love as people of the Spirit. So we must love God as he desires. We must love God as his word tells us to. Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus was asked a genuine question by one of the Pharisees. Which is the greatest commandment in the Mosaic law? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Forget about all the religious rules, the religious acts, the religious rituals. This is God's law. This is what matters most, church. This is what Jesus is saying. And God's number one commandment is love. Throw everything else out of the window. God's number one commandment is love. Love for the Father. Love for the Father. After we accept Christ, Church, this is our number one priority. After you accepted Christ, this is your number one priority to grow in a love relationship through Christ with God. With God. How do we love God? We love God according to the word of God. Not according to ourselves. Because if it was up to us, we'll be just like those Pharisees, right? Check the box. I came to church. Check the box. I put money in the plate. Check the box. I sung a song and praised them today, right? And we'll call it love for God. And that's where it stops. Because our hearts wasn't in it. Wasn't in it, church. We'll put God back on that shelf to next Sunday till we need him again. That is why God gave us instructions. He gave us instructions on how to love him. As my beautiful wife gives me instructions on how to love her. And when I don't listen, <laughs> it don't go well for me, church. It don't go well for me. And somehow we still don't get it, do we? Hard-headed, we still don't get it. God makes it so easy for us, but we make it so hard. We make it so hard. Because if we just simply read our Bibles, and here we realize that to love God truly, we have to love him not only with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, but also all of our strength. All of our strength. See, that's a lot. I know that's a lot, church. I know it. And we can't do it within our own selves. But if we put forth the effort, if we put forth the effort, God will give us the strength. He will give us the strength, church, if we just put forth the effort of loving God and putting God first. Amen? 
Love God is to put him first. Love God is to put him first. Jesus said this. Jesus says anyone wants to come to him. He said he must hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brother, and his sister, and their selves. If you wants to be a disciple of Jesus, that means laying down your life for God. For God, the one that gave you life. Gave you life. That's putting God first. That is required. That is required. Because God is the beginning and the end of all things, church. The beginning and the end of all things, even our lives. God woke you up this morning. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He started your day this morning. And he didn't have to. But he loves you. He loves you and he has purpose for you, church. Purpose. The Bible says God's commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. Jesus says his yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. God is first, church, in rank. God is first in power. God is first in authority. God is first in glory. And we must put him first in our lives. In our lives. To love God is to serve him. To love God is to serve him. Serving is an act of love. Serving is an act of love. Today we'll be serving our guests today. Because of love. We invited you because of love. No other reason but love. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Our salvation is not based on any type of work that we had to do to earn it. But although God doesn't expect us to earn our salvation, church, he does expect us to serve him. He does expect us to serve him. And we can serve him through our faith. Through our faith, every day. Because our faith instructs us to serve. Our faith instructs us to serve God by serving each other. By serving others. We serve each other here at church. We serve our family. We serve our, our friends, our community. God created us to know him, to love him, and to serve him, church. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Who are we to demand to be served? And Jesus said, I come that I may serve. That I may serve. Hallelujah. Joshua 22.5. Love the Lord your God. Walk in all his ways. Obey his commands. Hold firmly to him and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So not only do we love God with all our heart and with all our soul, but that love, that love pushes us to serve God with all of our heart 
and with all of our soul. You see the order of things, church? Amen. To love God is to spend time getting to know God. Spend time getting to know God. These are God's, God's requirements, church, of us. If we truly love God, we will desire, desire to spend time with God every chance we get. Every chance we get. Every time those doors open, you want to be here. Every time study is available, you want to do it. Every time there's a gathering of the saints, you want to be involved. I remember at work, um, we had this young lady that every time on her lunch break, I would see her by the pond reading the Bible. Every day, and I would see her, and I would think, wow, she, she's really going through something. She's really going through something. Every day she's reading that Bible on a lunch break. She's really going through something. Never talked to her. But as my, my faith journey went on, and I began to hunger and thirst for the Lord, I found myself reading God's word on my lunch break. And I realized why she was doing it. That was her relationship. That was her relationship with God. In order to love God, we must know God. We must know God because we need to have a better understanding of what he wants for us, church. What he wants for us. Reading our Bible and applying those instructions the best way we can to our lives. Reading our word and applying those instructions the best way we can to our lives. We also need the fellowship. Join your local church. Join your local church. The Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of the saints where others love God, where others gather to hear the word of God, to grow in the word of God, where others gather to be taught the word of God. There's nothing wrong with wanting God, wanting to love God. Another way of getting to know God is through prayer, through prayer, church. Morning, noon, and night. If your day is too busy, if your day is too busy, schedule prayer. Schedule it. Morning, noon, and night. If your day is too busy where you don't have enough time, schedule your prayer. Schedule your prayer. There's nothing wrong with scheduling your praying. Spend time talking to God. Talking to God. Talking to God for me is therapeutic. It's therapeutic. My day is busy. I'm at work and I'm constantly going, but I'm constantly talking to God, constantly in communication with God. I try to take walks. When I take walks, it's just me and God, and I talk openly, openly to God. It's therapeutic, church. It's therapeutic. If we don't have time to open that book, hey, talk to God wherever you are. Talk to God. Again, love God requires us spending time getting to know him. To better understand what he wants for us, church. For us. Open the book. Stay in prayer. Stay in communication with God. Amen. 
1 John 4, 7 through 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if we truly know God, we know love. Because God is love. We are to share that love with others. But if we live in hatred, but if we live in unforgiveness, if we live in bitterness, and we don't show love or we don't give love, then we don't even know God like we claim we do. Proverbs 8, 17. I love all of you, all of, all of, I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. Search for God, you'll surely find him. God is not hard to find, church, because if you have been saved, he's within you. He's within you, church. But you have to let him be seen. You have to let God be seen. You can't say I'm saved and then go tuck God away some way. No. God wants his glory. God wants his glory to be seen through his people. Through his people. Let your light shine, people of God. Let your light shine. Show God that you love him by allowing your light to shine. Allowing his glory to come forth in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. James 4.8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Why do we make it so hard when it's so easy, when it's so easy? When we allow ourselves to be led, church, by our sinful nature, we will never get close to God. You can cancel it. Because our sinful nature wants nothing to do with God. He wants us to stay as far away from God as possible. That old man and that old woman in us is evil. It's evil. I remember growing up, my mom... Being managed running around the house, and I know my family could attest to this. My mom would say, boy, go sit down somewhere. You act like you got the pure D devil in you. <laughs> now I know she was telling the truth, right? She was telling the truth because this sinful nature is evil. It's evil. It does not want anything to do with God, church. Anything. Anything. God wants to spend time with you. God wants to spend time with each one of you. God wants to be in your presence. God wants you in his presence, church, in his presence. God wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from you. Again, spend time in prayer. At the very least, at the very least, 
When you get up in the morning, you thank him for life. When you lay down at night, you thank him for your day. At the very least, give him that. At the very least, church. Come close to God and God will come close to you. That is his promise. His promise. His promise. Somebody asks, how can I be close to God? Now, that's the silly question. You got his word before you. You got prayer. You got the body of believers. These churches on every corner. How can I get close to God? How can I get close to God? To love God is to obey God. To love God is to obey God. That is one of the words that we don't like to hear, right? Obey. Obey. We don't like to hear from each other, but this is God's word. John 14, 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. It's no joke. No joke. But we would never be perfect in this life, church, because of this old sinful nature. <laughs> the sinful nature will always keep us from being close to God as he desires. Because of this sinful nature, we fall short. We repeatedly, repeatedly fall short in our relationship with God. And sometimes the sinful nature hinders us from being obedient to God in areas in our life where we really, where we really, really, really want to be faithful to him, right? We all been there. But it's okay. It's all right because of the blood sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness when we fall short. You are forgiven when you fall short as long as you don't make it a habit of falling short. Again, if you love me, obey my commandments, God's word. So now that we've learned the, to obey the first commandment, there is another. There is another. We must also obey the second commandment, church. Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I know this is hard to do. Because we, we think the only person that deserves love is who? Us. <laughs> it's us. But John 15, 12 says this. He says this. This is my commandment. Love each other the same way I have loved you. Each other. Everyone is sitting to your left, to your right. Everyone. Jesus calls us all friends. He calls us all friends, church. And this is Friends and Family Day, right? And his word tells us 
that there is no greater love, no greater love than one who lays down his life for one's friend. Jesus died for his friends. He died for his friends. But he's not asking us to die physically. He wants us to die to that old sinful nature, to that old selfish nature. He wants us to allow the Holy Spirit to bring forth that love that he's placed in us to share with each other unconditionally. Unconditionally as he loves us unconditionally. If there is anyone in here who deserves to be loved, raise your hand. You, you think so, right? <laughs> you think so. All right. <laughs> we, we, we deserve to be loved in our own selves. Move that, move that. Selfish nature out of the way. No. Jesus loves us. We all deserve to be loved. We do. We do. Love people, though. Love people. <laughs> I know we as people can be hard to deal with. Hard, hard to get along with. Hard to love. Even hard to like, right? Why do we hide that? We hide that in instead of just speaking it out. First, we have to speak it over ourselves. I'm hard to love. I'm hard to get along with. And we will acknowledge that within ourselves, it's easy for us to see how someone else could be hard to get along with, hard to love. Because we're all the same. We're all the same. Even the people that's, that, that we love most can be hard to get along with, hard to love. Our families... And our friends, right? See, it, it doesn't matter our gender. It doesn't matter our, our religion. It doesn't matter our race. Because we all bleed the same. We're all human. And we all have fallen short of the glory of God and have sinned, right? And, and in this area right here, church, is where we all struggle. We all struggle, whether in Christ or out of Christ. We all struggle with this. This is one of the hardest things God has commanded his people to do. Basically, love each, each other unconditionally. Unconditionally. But God wouldn't have commanded this if it were not possible. If it were not possible. Of course, we're not able to do it within our own strength. But through Christ, through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, church, God says, we can do it. We can love each other. We can have peace with each other. It don't matter the background. Don't matter the sex. Don't matter the religion. 
don't matter. God says we can do it. We can get along with each other. We can love each other. We can have peace with each other. Amen? So if there's anyone, anyone among us, anyone on live streaming that has any unforgiveness, any hatred in your hearts for someone else, any anger in your hearts for someone, any resentment in your heart for someone, any bitterness in your heart for someone. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that God's word, that his holy word, opens up your heart, speaks to your heart, speaks to your mind, and reveal his truth of love, of love, that love would prevail. God's word. John 4, 19 through 21. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother, a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Luke 6, 27-28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear grudge against anyone among your people. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Not my words. Not my words, the words of the Lord. Luke 6, 37. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Who are we to judge, right? Who are we to condemn? Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, as you are, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. Put on love, which binds everything 
together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. We've all been in situations, church, where we've done wrong and desired forgiveness, right? Forgiveness from our spouses, forgiveness from our family members, forgiveness for our friends, forgiveness from our co-workers. And sometimes that person we most need to forgive is ourselves. It's us. Starts with us. Love and forgiveness, church, goes hand in hand. To forgive is the act of showing love. Of showing love. And love is the most important thing. It is the most important thing that we can give to our family, to our friends, loved ones, our neighbors, and even strangers. Love God, love people, and in closing church, we share hope. We share hope. John 3.16, sharing hope, the hope of Jesus Christ. The hope of salvation through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's why we're here, right? That's why you wanted to be saved. This hope that we all share in common. This hope has changed our lives. Has changed our lives. God so loved the world that all men, men and women under heaven, even those that reject his love, even those that don't want nothing to do with God, but God so loved the world that if they decide to believe that Jesus was given for them, that God gave his son truly and seriously, and that his son gave himself truly and seriously and willing, no matter what your past was. No matter the evil that you have done, they shall not perish, but have eternal life. Meaning, if you open up your heart, church, you open up that heart and accept the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, that you will spend a lifetime with him in heaven. A lifetime. See, this is no fairy tale, church. I'm sorry. This is no fairy tale uh, love letter. This is not made up. Jesus said, if you believe in God, also believe in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled because Jesus loves you. Don't let your hearts be troubled because Jesus loves you, church. And that love brings peace, church. Peace that no one or nothing in this world can give you. Nothing. 
Nothing. Jesus' peace brings love that no one, nothing in this world can give you. And most importantly, Jesus' love brings salvation. Salvation that brings new life. New life. And that new life brings a new heart. A new heart that allows us to love God, to love people, and to share hope. Amen? Amen, amen. One last commandment. All of that that you've heard is the commandments of the Lord. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says this. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never on the bottom. Hallelujah. 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 This was the spoken promise to the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. But guess who is God's chosen people today? You. So this is your promise. This is your promise. If we can, maybe stand in prayer. I want us to pray over 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Father, I come to you humbly and say thank you, Father. Thank you for allowing me to stand before your people to share your truth with your people, God. I thank you for your love, God, and placing your love in these wonderful people, God, to share with us today, God. I thank you, God, for it all, God, all because of you. In God's word, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only, his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Church said, these altars are open.